Welcome back to Becoming Your Best Version. I am your host, Maria Leonard Olson. I am a civil litigation attorney in Washington, D.C., a podcaster, a mentor to women in recovery from alcoholism, a journalist, an author, and a mom of two kids. But they have left the nest, which was a hard transition for me. Read more about that in my book, 50 After 50. Also, if you get a chance, I'd really appreciate some likes on my TEDx talk, Using Life's Challenges as a Force for Good. I think it carries a lot of messages for people who are experiencing difficulties in life, which we all have, and getting more likes will move it up in the visibility algorithm. So I'd really appreciate, only takes a second, Go to marialeonardolson.com and there's a link there to my TED Talk. So I started this podcast because working in the arena of women in midlife, I just kept meeting amazing women. And I want to share their stories and their projects with you. I recently spoke at the Her Story Circle Conference in Georgetown in Washington, D.C. And the person who was the co-organizer. It's a real powerhouse. I mean, just infectious energy, beautiful inside and out with a great message. And I wanted to share her with you. Erin Washington is a motivational speaker, podcast host, author, and former college athlete who struggled with weight and body image for two decades. She finally found her best body at age 37 after having two kids. Erin promotes a balanced lifestyle of, quote, squats and margaritas, and offers tips and motivation to women who are working out but not seeing results. Erin, who lives in Atlanta, hosts the wildly popular Squats and Margaritas podcast and recently founded the Blue Butterfly Foundation, a nonprofit that provides mentorship for teen girls struggling with body image and self-worth. The Blue Butterfly Foundation, Inc. is creating a network of strong women sharing personal stories of triumph to inspire and empower teenage girls. Erin's second book, From Pain to Purpose, Finding Meaning in the Mess, will be published on May 2nd. We can't wait for that. So in the show notes, I have lots of links, but thebluebutterflies.org and squatsandmargaritas.com are two websites that you should do yourself the favor of checking out. They've got a lot of positive messages, a lot of body positivity, a lot of inspiration. And I wanted to highlight these incre this incredible work that Erin is doing. So welcome, Erin. Thank you, Maria, for the nicest intro I've ever had. Aww. You're so sweet. <laughs> well, everybody just fell in love with, with you at the Her Story Circle Conference and just wanted to know more. It was very exciting to bring so many inspiring women together who are working not for their own for their own gain, it felt like they were working more to raise the vibration, to elevate other people's lives. It totally felt like that. And I hope you left there with a lot of connections because everybody really enjoyed your story as well. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. So I know a fair amount of your, about your story because I got to hear you at the Her Story Circle Conference. But let's, 
let's face it, most of us don't like ourselves when we are adolescents and teenagers. And even extent, this extends into our 20s when we're finding ourselves and who we really are. So why don't you share some of your story with our listeners about how you emerged out of that really fraught period for most young women? Sure. Um, for me, it started with soccer. Um, for some reason, it became my value, my worth, and my identity. Um, I started playing when I was four and realized it was something I was pretty good at. And I kind of obsessively threw everything into soccer. Um, I ended up starting varsity in uh, high school my freshman year. Wow. And when my body started to change, um, when I was 15, I started gaining weight. And when I look back on it now, I think it was that thin equated like fit and good for soccer. So that became my goal. And I remember I had reduced my calories to the point where I wouldn't eat carrots um, because it was a starchy carbohydrate. And I ended up getting super thin in high school to the point that my coach called me on it and was like, your crosses aren't strong anymore. You know, you've lost all the strength in your legs. You're too thin. You have to eat. And it was that point where I was like, oh man, it's, it's affecting soccer, which is the only thing that matters. So I started eating, but um, it's then that my eating disorder evolved into exercise bulimia, where mm -hmm. you calculate every calorie that you consume and then go and work off that same amount of calories on a cardio machine. And that went on through the rest of my high school career. I ended up getting a division one soccer scholarship for college and came in and won all the fitness competitions and you know, worked so hard, probably too hard coming in. Um, I trained like a psychopath and was ready to play. Like it was college soccer. It was all that I cared about. And I wasn't seeing the field and I was used to never coming off the field. And I didn't really know what to do with that. Um, I stuck it out um, my freshman year and halfway through my sophomore year, but ultimately decided that it wasn't fair that I was working so hard and I wasn't playing. So kind of quit on a whim. And in that moment, the only value and identity that I ever associated with was gone. Like I'm not playing soccer anymore. So it was like, what else is there? And fell into complete depression. Um, I was still working out, but quitting a division one strength and conditioning program in the middle of the season, um, you're going to gain some weight. And I think I initially found bulimia as a way to get rid of the weight, but it became something that I would struggle with for the next 10 years of my life. Um, it was all I thought about. It completely took over my life. And it was something that I struggled with until I think my, probably like my late twenties. Um, and then I met my husband and kind of came out of the disordered eating, but was still completely restricting and working out sometimes two times a day and frustrated that I felt like I was doing everything right and I couldn't lose weight. Um, I found a different way and I started living a balanced lifestyle of squats and margaritas and wrote my book to help another woman that feels like she's doing it the right way and isn't seeing results. And when I put the book out, I was going live on Instagram and WTOP News in DC, um, their program director was watching me every week and gave me my own podcast on Podcast One. And then I found my favorite thing ever, talking to other women on my show. And I took it a step further recently um, by asking the inspiring women that I've met on my show to be mentors for 
teen girls that are struggling like I did because there wasn't like a safe place um, for you to go and talk about your problems. Like sometimes you don't want to talk to your mom or a woman, like a teenage girl doesn't want to go and talk to a man holding a clipboard. It's like, tell me about your disordered eating. And you're like, you don't get it. So I created mentorship from women that have been through those same things to come back and say me too, and, and talk about how they came out of it and just be kind of like a big sister. So that was founded in September. And I wrote my second book that comes out in May to kind of tell the story of what happened after I put out Squats and Margaritas, like finding my life's purpose, getting my show, turning it into a legacy by leaving behind this nonprofit when I'm gone. And yeah, now I, I just continue to do my show and try to inspire and empower other moms, especially that it's not too late. Um, you can find yourself and find purpose at any age. Wow, that is beautiful. <laughs> And the mentorship program, is it focused on women or young, young women who have body image issues or is it for all kinds of issues? That's such a great question. Um, so I struggle with body image and self-worth and I have a lot of women that could speak to that, but I want it to be a place where if there's anything that is making a teenage girl feel isolated or alone, which could be sexual identity, um, a child of divorce, um, if they had some kind of trauma or assault, I want, if somebody reaches out to us to have a woman who has been through that specific thing so that this girl doesn't feel alone and can speak specifically to that. So I mostly, you know, the retreats are talking about self-worth and confidence, but I want to have a woman that can speak on anything that's making a teenage girl feel alone because you feel like you're the only one because nobody talks about it. Yeah. Like when I was struggling with my bulimia. I didn't know anyone else that was doing that because nobody said it out loud. So if I can get these women, like I've talked to Gabby Bernstein, Katie Couric, like the women that are in the public eye that have been so vulnerable about their struggles. If a teenage girl sees that, oh my gosh, them too, then they could be like, okay, like, and not feel alone. And these women are like what they're doing now, they came out of the same thing. So just an inspiring network of women for whatever a teenage girl is struggling with. All right, sign me up. I can cover. <laughs> I would love for you. Oh Biracial identity, child of divorce. I know. Um, my son is gay. Um, yeah. What else? Drug and alcohol abuse yeah. and addiction. Yeah. I yeah. Would love that, right? I've got some issues covered here. Yes, I would. I would be honored to have you a part of Blue Butterfly. Yes. All right, great. I'd love that. So uh, you started this foundation, which is a nonprofit, and it's not easy to start a foundation. I mean, I mean, a lot of people say, "Oh, yeah, I want to start a foundation to X," but you're a doer. That's one of the things I just love about you. A lot of people have good intentions, but not a lot of people have the actual follow through and you do you have you just put off this energy this can do energy that is infectious and I love that about you thank so, you did I tell I, you about the blue butterfly did I, did I, oh I talked about it in my speech why I called it that you did but tell, please tell our listeners that was the thing like I couldn't not do it Maria like it was like God was like here you go so First, I was speaking in Nashville, and when I got done speaking, a woman came up to me and handed me this book, and she said, like, her daughter had tragically drowned, and she comes to her now as a blue butterfly, and that she bought one copy, and she felt like she should bring it to me, and I was like, I unzipped the back of my jumpsuit to show her the blue butterfly tattoo that I have on my back, 
And I was like, oh my God, that's so weird. She started crying. She was like, I just had a feeling you're supposed to have this. And so that was the first thing. I guess the first thing was me getting a blue butterfly tattoo when I was 19. But <laughs> then I got that, but there was no meaning. It was like, I just like this blue butterfly. Then she gives me the book. Then I'm sitting on my front steps and a blue butterfly landed right next to me and it didn't fly away. And I was like, I've never seen a blue butterfly. I've only seen an orange one. And I was like, this is so weird. It's not flying away. And I just, that thing with the book, like so crazy. And then as you know, Maria, it came every single day for like weeks. And even, I always knew where to look. It was always on my front step. And if my kids went out first, they'd be like mommy or blue butterfly. And I would just be like universe. I see it. I am aware that this blue butterfly keeps coming back. Like, what do I do with it? And then my coach, I hired a business coach, Gertrude, um, cause I wanted to do a Ted talk and I wanted to start a nonprofit and we're on a call one day. And she's like that nonprofit, we have to get it up and running. What do you, what do we call it? And in that moment, it was so clear. I said, blue butterfly. And I never saw it again. Like it did its job and it, I have goosebumps every time I say it. Wow. But it was like, God was like, in, until you decide to do this, it's coming to your doorstep every day. I did it and it left. That is an amazing story. I think there are no coincidences in life and there are synchronicities that we can either choose to ignore or actually take them as signs from the universe that something we're either on the right path or it could mean a multitude of things, but I'm so glad that you heeded the signs and actually got this very, very worthwhile endeavor going. Thank it's you. Amazing. Um, I appreciate it. So thank you for that. And then tell us about uh, squats and margaritas. Okay, it's a, that's a fun title. But tell I us about why you chose that and um, what that book has, has brought to your platform and to the women that you serve. Yes, so squats and margaritas is balanced lifestyle. And from 16 to 36, I live my life with restriction, deprivation, um, if we were going out to eat, I would pull up a menu to make sure that there was a salad I would eat. I would only book hotels that had a gym on vacation. And when you live that way, you have so much stress. Um, cortisol is a stress hormone specifically that makes you hold on to fat. And my body lived in a state of stress for literally 20 years. So when I found a balanced lifestyle of squats and margaritas, which is workout. I work out about four days a week. Um, nothing is off limits. Um, and we can get into it. I know I, I opened up to you a little bit about my sober curious journey, but if I make something off limits, like I can't have wine, I can't have margaritas for me, it puts it on a pedestal and it makes it more enticing. So if I say squats and margaritas, nothing is off limits. I can have candy. I can have wine. Um, it just kind of makes it neutral for me. It doesn't make it as enticing. Um, I have a cocktail. I don't have usually more than one. I'm able to moderate. I don't feel deprived because I can have it. I don't over-exercise anymore. And when I started living this balanced lifestyle, it was like my body let go of the stress and kind of went to a set point that I've been able to maintain through two pregnancies. And I was able to find my best physical body I'm 41 now um, after having my kids. And the message is that to that woman that is like starving herself and only eating salads and just on the cardio machine every day, squats and margaritas is nothing is off limits. I started lifting, incorporating lifting into my uh, routine. And I found my best body taking care of myself. Whereas when all I wanted was to find my physical ideal, 
I never found it. I was frustrated and stressed out. So squats and margaritas is finding that happy, balanced life. And I was also able to meet my physical ideal. That's that's beautiful. And thank you for doing that because a lot of people preach balance, but you you live it and you show us. And not only does she have a book, but she has a blog that has some really, really heartfelt and helpful articles on it. So I encourage you to go and look at that. Has pictures of her from when she was a young soccer star too, which are very cute. But <laughs> take a look at this uh, former college athlete who's now a mom, who's bringing light to the world in so many ways. It's really, really inspirational. So tell us you have a new book coming out. And at the time of airing, this, this podcast will air on the week your book goes live. Thank so you. <laughs> tell us about your book because everyone's going to want to go out and buy it. Of course, it's available on the Behemoth Amazon, but it's also available on order from any independent bookstore. And I'd like to promote independent bookstores. So if you can, you. please please go and, and become a patron of your independent bookstore. In any event, this new book, From Pain to Purpose, Finding Meaning in the Mess. Tell us about it. So when I wrote Squats and Margaritas, it was basically, I felt like I was writing as my highest self. Like I found my physical ideal. Um, I made it like, look at these abs. I put it out. And then it was like, the more I thought about it, I was like, there's so much more than the physical ideal. And it was like, after that book came out, I started my spiritual awakening. Um, I got selected to speak with Gabby Bernstein at this event in Nashville. And I was like, what am I going to speak about this? Like on the same vibe as Gabby. So I started reading all of her books, like on audio, I listened to all the books. And so I'm more open to like looking for the signs and walking in nature. And before I was kind of just like tunnel vision, I'd go for a run and listen to my AirPods and I wasn't paying attention to anything. So that kind of spiritual awakening brought me to finding my purpose. And like, I realized that everything that I went through with my eating disorders and my depression, I had some horrible relationships that I stayed in because I had no self-worth. It all brought me to what I'm doing now to be able to come out on the other side, turn my pain into purpose, inspiring others. Um, and then about how I founded the foundation. And basically it's not just about a physical ideal. Like you can find basically the first book was finding your best body. And this is finding your life's purpose. Like it's an extenuation of what else you can find when you just open yourself up. Like how long was that blue butterfly there, Maria? Like, I think I wasn't looking for it. And it's like, when you look for the signs and you ask for guidance, it's right there. But I would say, you're looking at your phone. So if you put your phone down, you ask the universe for guidance and you look for the signs, like you will be directed to exactly what you're supposed to do. And you will find purpose. And in my case, legacy um, with Blue Butterfly, my hope is that the girls that come through it as teenagers will come back and be Blue Butterflies for the next generation. So when I'm gone, I will know that there will always be Blue Butterflies in the world for teenage girls to turn to. So I've turned my pain into purpose and my mess into my message. And I encourage other women that are feeling maybe less than fulfilled to start kind of putting themselves out there and sharing what they've been through because you find purpose in connecting with other women that are still in the mess and you can support them and help them come out of it and teach them. And that's how you find purpose. I love that. Turn pain into purpose and mess into message. Is that <laughs> something that you came up with? I love it. I so I'm sure somebody else came up with that, but I've heard it, but like, yes. And yeah. I've, the other one is 
your test is your testimony. I like that one too. Ooh, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, not mine. <laughs> well, who knows? It could be. <laughs> love it. Love it. So that sounds like a really great book as well. And I am looking forward to reading that as well as I already read Squats and Margaritas. Loved it. Thank you. Thank you. Your, your story really has the potential to help a lot of people and already is. I know it is. I saw the reception that you had at Her Story Circle. And that you got the attention of someone who is so well known as Gabby Bernstein. How did you meet her? So I met her at Nashville when we were speaking and everybody was kind of, it was like a smaller, like people paid a lot of money to come and see Gabby. And so I had all this imposter syndrome. I'm like, they're all sitting here like, who is this girl? And how does she even get on the stage? So I'm like trying to like calm myself down and I'm sitting in the front row and Gabby like mid sentence while she's doing her thing, she was like, your shoes are sick. And she pointed my shoes. I was like, oh, thank you. And then I was like, that's my sign. I got to shoot my shot. So we went and we were all like talking with her after. And I was like, Gabby, this is weird. I was like, I would really love for you to do my show. Um, I've re She's like, yeah, reach out to And I was like, I've reached out a lot of times. Like they don't see me. And so she like gives me this. She's like, call this number right now. I would love to do your show. And I like took a picture with her and sent it to her assistant was like, she said, yes, um, I'm showing. I really did meet her. And they're like, we believe you <laughs> in like the next week. Uh, we, she did my show and it was so like, you and I have talked about my sobriety, but she was like, you need to, I said, I built a brand called squats and margaritas. And now I'm sober curious and I don't really drink anymore. And I'm worried that it'll kill my brand. And she's like, screw that. This is who you are and it'll elevate your brand. And she was like, don't you, don't ever say that again. Like, do not worry about ruining your brand. I was like, okay. So I'm like leaning into just being my authentic self. Um, I still stand by squats and margaritas and the idea of balance and not having things off limits. But as we talked about at her story, I am sober curious and I feel a lot better physically living that way. And I want to share that I'm on that journey for another mom that maybe is feeling the same way. That's, that's great. Another synchronicity moment. And uh, I think that you are every bit as inspirational as Gabby Bernstein. She's just a master marketer. You you can learn from her. I can learn from her. She's doing great work. But um, I think many of us need to talk back to the imposter syndrome because it's, it's not true. Our self-worth is not comparable to anybody else's. It's, it's an inside job. And yeah. he sets us up to do comparisons that are not helpful. So anyway... You know and it's, can I say something you just made me yeah. think of something yeah I think my imposter syndrome was like I don't have any letters it's like this person is a bn all the letters and I'm like I'm a mom of two and I'm looking at this roster of people speaking but Maria what was so crazy is like I was I spoke very it was a talk very similar to the one I gave in uh DC and when we got done like a lot of other women were coaches and we had a uh, like a reception and I had a line of people and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like talking to these people. And they're like, we want you to coach us. Do you, what's more? We want more. I was like, no, I don't have anything more. I was like, they're coaches. These, these ladies are coaches. Like go to the coach. Nobody went to the coaches, but it was like, I just authentically shared my story. And I had the line that I was worried that like people were like, well, why, what are you doing here? Because these like certified coaches were there and they coach, but they were in my line. I was like, that was such a like eye-opening moment. Like you want to talk to somebody who's really been through it or is at least going to be vulnerable and share it. 
And that's who you want to coach you because you came out of that. Like maybe the other coach hasn't been through what you've been through. It's kind of like blue butterfly too. You want to talk to somebody that gets it. And it has been through that same thing. And it was like, I had the line. I was like, I called my husband. I was like, it was so funny. Like people were like, we want you to coach. And I'm like, I'm not a coach. (laughs) It was was just not what I was expecting. See, remember that. Remember (laughs) that when the negative voices start talking to you again. And also women, there are not a lot of people I know who were college athletes. Like nobody can just be a starter as a freshman no one can just be a college athlete like I am 411 no college <laughs> is going to let me play a sport for them so. thank you I need you to just call me Maria in the mornings and just start my day and pump me up because you are such a motivated <laughs> woman thank you You're right I and then that. if you want me to keep going okay nobody can have a a body like yours after two kids nobody can be catch the attention of a Washington Redskins who isn't supposed to date you and ends up marrying you. Like seriously, woman, you have so many credentials that society may not add letters for, but they are credentials. Like you are someone who attracts light, who attracts incredible people. I met Gabby Bernstein too. Did she agree to do my podcast? No. Thank (laughs) you. I didn't ask her, but I did ask her to read my book and she- Shoot your shot, Maria. Shoot your I shot. Know. She said yes to me. Yeah, she gets inundated, I'm sure, as do so many people. But that's what happened. Yeah. She said, I didn't see it. I was like, I have reached out so many times. Like I found her agent and she was like, we get so many. But when I just put myself in front of her, she was like, send this text right now to this person. So it's like, you just have to, that's how I got Katie Couric. It took a year. And I was like, I, because when her book came out, Everybody was talking about Matt Lauer and she, because she went there and talking about all the Matt Lauer stuff. So every interview that I saw her do was about that and like the scandals, but she also talked about her bulimia and it was not a lot, but it was like one of the chapters. And so I used that angle and I said, I was bulimic too. And I would love to talk to Katie about this, like an interesting angle that nobody else was going for. So they were like, okay, we're trying, we're trying. And finally one day I got 24 hours heads up. They were like, you're up tomorrow. And I was like, what, what does that mean? And you're like, you, we would love for you to interview her live on Instagram. And I'm like, okay, that sounds perfect. Perfect. Yes. I would love to interview her live on Instagram. And I did it. And she gave me like 22 minutes and she talked about the bulimia. And I was like, I had a sound bite that no other outlet had because I went a unique uh, approach. Nobody else was talking to her about that. And like when Gabby said she loved my shoes, I was like, I did, you just got to find. And I talked when I started the conversation with Gabby, I was like, we both have a four-year-old son. You just have to find something that's different and that connects you. And that's how you get your guests. Beautiful. I don't know why I'm coaching you on this. <laughs> I need that. Because my imposter syndrome flares too. Like, oh, why would that person want to talk to me? But I appreciate that. So we all lift each other up, which is why I was so attracted to your message at the Her Story Circle Conference, because you are someone who genuinely cares about other people and wants to help lift other people up. And I appreciate that about you. Thank you. So I ask all the guests on this podcast the following question. What do you do to become your best version? So for a long time, I wasn't my best version because I had guilt about doing something for myself. And I still kind of struggle with it. Like I have two young kids. Like it felt 
Like I shouldn't go get a workout or I shouldn't go. My daughter, if I want to go for a walk, she's like, can I come? And I'm like, sure, babe. Like, and I would bring her, but now I am my best self when I take a minute or an hour to decompress. And that could be getting up early in the morning before and have some coffee before my kids wake up or going on a walk without my kids, even though I still feel bad because they like stand in the window. When I come back to them, I am a better version of myself when I just have a moment to just woosah and breathe and think without having a four and a seven-year-old right with me. And I wasn't living that way for so long with just that mom guilt of, no, they want to come with me. I'll just let it come on. Just, but you never get time to yourself. And then you live in this constant state of stress and frustration. And if you just take that mommy time out, go right now I go for a walk without AirPods um, or I get up early and have my coffee before I met with them. I'm a much better person. And I would say the best version of myself when I take time for myself. That is an important message. We all get on the treadmill and we forget that we can't pour from an empty cup. We can't be our best self, our best, we can't be a good mother, partner, colleague, friend, sibling, unless we take time to care for ourselves. And that is such an important message that we all tend to lose sight of when we're busy. Yes, thank you, yes, I agree. Uh, so I encourage all of you to go to thebluebutterflies.org squatsandmargaritas.com and get her new book from pain to purpose finding meaning in the mess it's really i'm sure going to be an inspiration based on her last book which i thoroughly enjoyed squats and margaritas i mean this is this woman is an inspiration you should welcome her into your orbit because you will be a better person for it so thank you so much thank you so much erin i really appreciate you Thank you so much for having me. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thank you.